Blog Talk Radio. As of the 1st of October 2019, in South Australia, a new law was passed that allows a public servant to enter, remain, inspect, or use reasonable force to break into any premise, place, vehicle or vessel. This public servant can remove items from the premises to be used as evidence in future, and a warrant is not required if there is a suspicion, just a suspicion, that a vulnerable adult is at risk of abuse. Matters will then be directed to a court or tribunal that is not bound by the rules of evidence, can determine matters as it thinks fit, and can reach an outcome, just, on the balance of probabilities, not beyond, reasonable doubt. Victims often, end up a ward of state. The public guardian and public trustee, are often placed, as the ultimate decision maker, and, take over all affairs. These laws, are expected to be rolled out in other states next year. Are you scared yet? Good evening everyone, this is Marty Oakley, the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the DS Radio Network. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. We are still trying to get our guest in from Australia on the show, so hopefully we are going to be successful. We are on the other side of the world, and it is morning for them right now, and there's been a lot of cell outages that happened in the past week, if anyone has read about that in the news. So we are connecting on Facebook Messenger right now and trying to get up and going, um, all right, uh, let's, hopefully we are going to have this work. We are definitely so excited to do international call-in shows, but sometimes we have some technical difficulties. So until we can hopefully hook up, I'm going to talk that we are seeing uh The similarities in Australia, they have what's called their tribunal, and here in the United States, we have what's called probate court. And um, let's see, hold on here. Um, uh, We're really trying to get in here. Um, Okay, you know what? Uh, I think she can hear me, but we can't get her up onto the show. We might just do messages on here, and I can uh, answer, let's see, I can uh, say what we're talking about, and hopefully we're going to be able to work through this, and yes, cell phones were under attack this past week, and hopefully a lot of you did not have the carrier. I can't remember which carrier it was. Anyway, real quick, the similarities between probate court and a tribunal. There is no evidence. You do not need to bring evidence. You just can basically say it without evidence. Where if you are in, like, for example, in the United States, if you, you know, robbed a bank, they would have to have evidence that you robbed the bank for you to go to trial about doing the crime. But when you're in probate court or these tribunals, which is under Commonwealth law, there's no need for evidence. They just say it and it's so hard to fight because there's no jury of your peers they say that the matters have to be um, kept private for the ward's privacy but really it's so that they are not found out about what their crimes are that they're doing Um, let's see okay she can hear me but I can't I can't Matilda I'm excited you could hear me can you press one so I can see the number and hopefully I can get you on? So we definitely have some international callers, but for some reason, Blog Talk isn't letting the numbers come through for me. So thank you everyone for your patience while we do this. This is a very unique show that Marty founded here, and it is an international call-in show. And I know that when Marty was alive, this was actually litigated. Because we are broadcasting live out of the United States of America, I'm protected by the Constitution of the United States as well as Marty was protected under the Constitution of the United States. And so under those protections, we can pretty much say whatever we want about other governments around the world. 
and we do. And some of these other governments and can't. You don't have the freedoms to say what the governments are doing wrong. And there were shows that Marty had done with international uh, audiences, and lawyers from these other countries would send cease and desist letters to Marty here in the United States telling her she had to take these shows down because not only does she expose corruption, I mean guardianship, she exposed all kinds of corruption. And nobody likes that. No one likes having corruption exposed. And so they would send their lawyers telling her that she would have to take the shows down and it was litigated. And because she broadcast out of the United States, she exposed the corruptions out of the United States, she did not have to take the shows down. So we're really excited that we can continue Marty's legacy here at TS Radio Network. Oh, Matilda, I still can't see you. Um, See if you can press one so I can see it. Otherwise, email, send me a message of your email address, and I'm going to see if I can send you a link somehow. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. While we are doing international shows, sometimes we do have technical difficulties because it's been real eye-opening, the time zones. So there's a group over in Europe that is, try, that is trying to, um, okay, and only here online. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Hold on. I'm going to try and do this real quick. Thank you. I'm trying to I'm trying to multitask right now and that's not always my strong suit. Whoops, no, 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 not that. Um let's see. Um did I mess up? No, no, no. Okay, here. I almost messed up. Sorry everybody while we're waiting on me to try and get this done here. Okay. All right. Matilda, thank you so much. I'm sending I just sent a link through Blog Talk onto your email address, and hopefully somehow we can get linked up that way. Um, And while we're waiting to hopefully link up, I will struggle to keep it going here. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to call in. I definitely do not see a lot of callers on the line, and I do wonder if some of the cell phone outages that have happened around the world is affecting the show tonight. So... Um, But real quick, while we're hoping to connect with uh, Matilda, we're going to talk about some of these other groups that are popping up in Europe. So there are more groups that are similar to NASGA and ASGA that are popping up over in Europe. And from what I've learned is there's different countries that have share the same sort of laws, and they're called the Commonwealth countries. So I learned all this just because I have all these fun friends over here in Australia that teach me stuff. And the laws are very similar. For those of us in the United States, Canada is actually a Commonwealth nation. So we might not want to be so in a hurry to run to Canada when our candidate that we want doesn't win the election because we always hear that over here in the United States. I'm moving to Canada. Okay, might might not want to do that. But anyway, um, so there's a different level of corruption there. And, um, and oh, someone, oh, Marcel, I just saw your text. Thank you. So anyway, there is a different level of corruption in these Commonwealth countries. And there's starting to be guardianship um, problems that are creeping up all over the world. And some are in Europe. And we're trying to figure out how we can – get some of the people from Australia and Europe onto the show, but the time zones are so crazy. It could be like right now it's 7 p.m. Central here where I'm at, but right now it's noon in Australia, and over in Europe it's 2 a.m. right now. And so that's really difficult to really plan a show with all all of us from around the world to get on at the same time live and not have somebody, you know, not getting their sleep or, you know, just, it's crazy. Obviously, no one in Europe is probably listening to the live show right now because it is uh, 2 a.m. in the morning, and they're probably listening to the other ones. Okay. All right. I'm I'm getting more messages that for some reason 
calls are just not coming in, even from the United States. So we are only going to be heard, just me, just little old me. So I'm going to do the best that I can, and maybe we can try and do this uh, next week. I am guessing that something happened with all these cell phone outages. Matilda, I just heard from one of our amazing sponsors, Marcel Reed. She is unable to call in right now, but she can hear me. So you all can hear me. Wow, I could sing and no one could shut me up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, so everyone, I guess I'm the only one that's going to be talking. We'll probably cut it off short today and try and do this again. But I'm going to just real quick talk about the things that I've learned internationally. Um, Chris, oh, my gosh, Matilda, I see you. Hold on. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? I hear you perfect. I'm so excited. Thank you, everyone, for your patience of getting on. I do know that we're going to have an echo, so when we won't talk over each other and we'll always have a pause before the other person talks, just because we are on the other side of the planet. So real quick, why don't I have you um, update everybody what's going on in Australia? Oh, wow. So much is happening at the moment. Things are moving at breakneck speed. Um, We have got uh, the deep state here um, working overtime to try and guardianship as many people as they know how. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And now there's a new law that I had seen that you are thinking about getting enacted. And we were talking about earlier, like you have the tribunal, which is equal to probate court here in the United States. But then do you have another level of courts in Australia that there actually is juries? I haven't personally come across uh, juries, um, although I, I, I suspect that that might be a little bit of a better way of um, you know, going about some things. Uh, you know, letting the community decide what's what's um, appropriate uh, in a particular situation, because uh, some of these rogue public servants are certainly unaccountable. I guess uh, there, there's no transparency. There's no way you can hold anyone to account. Uh, you know, when they breach human rights practices and principles. You know, public service codes codes of conduct. They're untouchable. It does seem that we have an international crisis on the judiciary around the world. Um, I guess the United States must be unique in having these jury trials, but the United States has figured out how to not always hold people accountable and be able to have jury trials because they use these probate courts and they have, they've written themselves different rules so they don't even have to follow our Constitution. So it does appear that the United States has figured out how to get in line with the rest of the world. And we're just seeing judicial corruption running rampant. I know that uh, we're in talks, and you over there in Australia, with other Commonwealth nations over there in Europe. And we're hoping to be able to get some of the European, the groups that are forming in Europe to come on the show as well. Um, what What is going on with the Kiara's Law? Am I saying it right? Yeah, Kiara's Law. Um, yes. Okay. The, the, purpose, the purpose of Kiara's Law is to bring about some legislative uh, changes uh, that will hopefully throw much more of a spotlight on these rogue public servants that, uh, you know, seem totally impervious when it comes to... Um, upholding uh, the human rights of vulnerable people and people with disabilities. I mean, there are some fundamental principles that they're supposed to comply with. Least restrictive alternative, uh, you know, guardian of last resort. Uh, All of these ideas that are, for all intents and purposes, sufficiently enshrined in law that you would follow those, you know. And I'm talking about, you know, whether it's the Declaration of Human Rights, you know, the United Nations uh, Declaration of Human Rights, any number of uh, treaties and declarations that we've got governing the practices, um, well, certainly in civilised Western countries, I think, for the most part, and I use the word loosely, um, yeah. our, our authorities here just thumb their noses at it. I mean, I've heard Supreme Court judges on the bench basically question King's Council on why should we care, basically? Why, why should we even question? Why should we consider? 
these human rights principles that say that people with disabilities do have human rights, they do have legal rights, and we need to comply, we need to observe them, we need to protect them. Judges on the bench actually go, so what? Why should we care? I mean, it beggars belief. Yeah, that's absolutely disgusting. And we see the same behavior in these probate judges uh, across the United States. It's like we got a bunch of psychopaths sitting on sitting on the on the bench all over the world, and they don't actually care about humans. They care no, about lying. It's about money. Somehow they're getting a payoff, them and their croonies, and all these different agencies. The same thing here in the United States, Adult Protective Services, Child Protective Services. We create all these agencies. The people who are the heads of these agencies are not elected by we the people. They're appointed. So they have a license. Basically, they have a license to kill. They can do whatever they want with no accountability. And you're seeing the same thing over there with these agencies, aren't well, you? you see, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and here's a really good example, okay? In one instance where the mother had her 18-year-old son very soon after he turned 18, almost within weeks, uh, removed from her care, Um Mind you, up until then, she had no child protection concerns, no notifications, no one knocked on her door, no one questioned her capacity as a parent. And in fact, she lives in this stunningly beautiful home, um, you know, professional woman, absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous mother, uh, cherishes her child, right? Suddenly, he turns 18 and uh, Office of Public Advocate decides that they're going to remove him out of her care because there was, quote, an opportunity to do so. Right. Literally, I've gone through the woman's documents in great detail uh, across several years and uh, nothing seemed to flag what this mother could ha have possibly done that would have warranted that kind of reaction. Right. So right. She, she complains to the public authorities. She complains to the Office of Public Advocates. She complains to the Attorney General's Department, to various members of Parliament. She complains to the Office of Public Integrity. She complains to the State Ombudsman. Not one person would give her the time of day, right? They all blow her off. Basically, she is a non-person, right? She's as good at... And, and for all, all they care... Um, or they, they kind of treat her like she's just a disgruntled mother, right? Sour grapes, I don't know, got, a, got an axe to grind, whatever it is, right? How dare this woman complain about her child being ripped out of her care? Now, we're talking about a severely disabled autistic young man who is nonverbal, okay? And um, so she complains to these all, all these public authorities. As far as they're concerned, they've done nothing wrong. Three judges decided that they did. And they sent it back to the SACAT. Now, do you know how hard it is to convince one judge out of three that there's been some wrongdoing or something improper? And how extra hard it would be to convince two judges, but then imagine three, nil, right? And yet you're telling yeah. me that the Office of Public Integrity and the State Ombudsman could not see that evidence. I call baloney, absolute baloney. Oh, yeah. This is a cover-up, this is a whitewash, and this is a travesty. Now, quite frankly, I would think that after three judges nil ruled in her favour, there should have been an automatic um, uh, trigger to cause the Office of Public in uh, Integrity and the State Ombudsman's Office to immediately look at their processes of how did this miss our gaze? How did this get past us? If it were me, if I were the Ombudsman or, uh, you know, the, the CEO of the Office of Public Integrity, I would want the head of the public servant that didn't bring this to my attention on a plate. How did this get oh. through? And how did yeah. we not deal with it before three Supreme Court judges ruled in her favour? Wow. Do you understand what level of malevolence that would have taken? This is not an oversight, okay? An oversight would happen if one person overlooked something. I don't know, the receptionist of the department, you know, just missed the email. Mm -hmm. It went into the trash folder or an archive. But, you know, the mother keeps ringing, the mother keeps emailing. And it's authority after authority. Do you know how hard and how many 
tens of thousands, many tens of thousands of dollars this woman had to spend to get three judges finally to rule in her favor. I don't I know can't imagine. This would, be, this would be like climbing Mount Everest without a Sherpa, without tents and without an oxygen tank. Yeah. Like winning the lottery. It's obscene. It's obscene. It is. And it makes me so angry that we are seeing so many of these cases. The Office of Public Integrity, our ICAC, useless, but they are absolutely what you said before. They are just more agents of the state, more eyes and ears that can keep tab of where are these uh, troublemakers, where are these um, so-called whistleblowers, as they call them, quote, self-styled mm -hmm. whistleblowers. Um, where are these people and how do we deal with them? How do we eliminate them? How do we silence them and make sure they have no more voice, yeah. no more say? Now, I mean, for what it's worth, at least she had a little bit of justice. But you know what? Eight months on, she's still waiting for her son to come back. But you know what? I it's going to take time for the Office of Public Advocate now to stitch up another different oh. story, to weave another narrative. They need time, and they just don't know which lie to operate from anymore. Uh, the son must Sorry, just be just terrified. So I can't curious. imagine. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's totally infuriating. And this poor child, it, I can't even imagine what he's going through, and he'll never be the same after what they've no. done well, yeah, because it, he's this, so fragile. This young, man, this young man could toilet himself before. He could take himself to the toilet. Uh, he could verbalize a little bit. Uh, he could say certain words. You know, you, you could engage with him. Uh, there were a, uh, He could eat solid food. He can't do any of that now. Well, oh, well, hang on. Let me rephrase that. They're claiming that he can't eat solid foods, and we actually see him with the mother eating solid foods. But do you know what? By claiming that he can't eat solid foods, it means that they can increase his NDIS, National Disability um, uh, Insurance, scheme oh. package right mm -hmm. so they can increase right. it from let's say hypothetically half a million seven hundred thousand to 1.2 million 1.5 million they can they, they can claim extra resources and this is basically uh, <laughs> uh it's cash for bodies you know that you put into these ndis facilities you know um these facilities that are actually at the behest of the state Okay, but um, taxpayers are paying for all of that, right? Whereas if he was living mm -hmm. with mum, she could probably get by on a three hundred thousand dollar package, right? Maybe oh, even less. Yeah. She could certainly get by, right? Because she she's yeah. her, his primary carer. But suddenly the taxpayer is paying upwards of a million dollars plus, 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 because um unknown nameless faceless public servant somewhere has deemed that she is a dangerous or incompetent or inappropriate guardian and nobody knows wow. why no, nobody actually knows why they couldn't even pr provide that information to the three judges on the supreme court had they done so they would have won hands down and they would have won in the very least two one in the very least right three judges mm -hmm. nil after more than three years of this mother, and she's had to virtually, you know, um, take chunks of money out of any possibility of retirement. Forget retirement. This is about whatever she might have left to give her son. God forbid that she got knocked over by a car tomorrow. Her son would rely on those assets to get by to be able to afford a carer or whatever that's been squandered because right. she's been the public advocate. And that's pretty much over here in the in the United States. Um, it, it's the same. It's the same thing that people are spending hundreds and thousands of dollars to try and free their loved ones, free, you know, disabled children. And you're absolutely right. Those are assets that could have been used to care for that child. And instead, these predator attorneys and corrupt yeah. judges are using yeah. the system to rob the money of. You know, I have a question. No, one thing that you had talked about about being a whistleblower, how 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 safe do you feel right now in your country and fighting these things and knowing that you don't have you don't really have anything set up in your judicial to protect you at all? What are what are <sighs> what, what is that like? The, like? the the truth of the matter is, cause um, I I don't even think about you know whether or not 
well, I mean, I certainly don't think about it for myself as to whether or not I'm safe, but I know that whistleblowers, generally speaking, are not safe, but not by a long shot, not even close. And here's the irony. We've had whistleblower protection legislation in South Australia since 1993. It's never saved anybody. It's never protected anybody. And it's never revealed any corruption either. In, uh, in all of these years since 1993 that I've been following this, this legislation, I'm not aware that any whistleblower ever has come out as a champion, as a, I don't know, some kind of, even, even a local hero. I don't know where these people are because they don't exist. So who's being protected exactly? With our ICAC, Independent what? Commissioner Against Corruption. <laughs> You've got to yeah. be kidding me. I mean, seriously. You know, there, there's the one, and i got to watch the movie, and I'm going to say I am not up to date on this person, but he came from Australia, and he's hiding in Europe somewhere, but the U.S. government wants to extradite this guy. What is his name? Julian Assange. Julian, Julian Assange. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's in Germany's prison in solitary confinement. Yeah. 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 That's, I think there's something, there's, I don't know the whole story. I think it would be interesting to find out what was, what's going well, on there. I know he did well, WikiLeaks. And, yeah, that's right. And, and the, 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 I mean, here's the irony, right? I mean, there are so many uh, socialist groups and uh, left-wing, you know, sort of radical groups that are calling for yeah. his um, release and uh, release from imprisonment, which is all fair and well and, and rightfully so. But the irony is it's the radical left-wing Marxists that are keeping him in prison. This is this is the real irony. I just don't understand it. Uh, you know, uh, you've got the Socialist Alliance and all these various uh, socialist groups calling for his release. And at the same time, you've got the likes of uh, Hillary Clinton and, you know, the left-wing radical extreme cabal in the US and across the UK. And even here, I'll say even here in Australia, because our Labour Party is only doing the minimum that it must do to be seen publicly to, I guess, appease the angry masses about his incarceration. But they're not genuine. They're really not advocating for Assange at all or his release. The Labor Party and the Greens are probably the last that would advocate for his release. Um, but, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. It, they do enough to, on the surface, appear to be interested in liberating or releasing, finally, this, this absolutely incredible human being who sacrificed so much to let the public know of the corruption that's going across all governments, the American government or right. just the British government, it's everywhere. It's rife. But yeah. um, I think whistleblower protection is just an absolute misnomer. It's a complete misnomer. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to know if he had been a U.S. citizen, how how he would have been treated you know, because he's not, and that yet the United States wants him extradited here. I well, definitely am not not an expert on this, but there there's there's something fishy going on, and I think it definitely that could be a whole show topic of anyone who's been really think, following him. I, I, yeah. Under under the under the likes of you know Obama, Biden, um, you know whether it's the Clintons, you know it doesn't really matter. Under under these radical left wing extremists. Um, dictatorships that effectively the US is under now um, from all I can yeah. glean um, uh, his treatment would be no different he'd get exactly the same treatment I mean look at Owen Schroyer for simply speaking as a journalist and, and, and what he'd been subjected to you know uh, being locked up for uh, several months and uh, literally no wrongdoing other than so called free speech which is in, in America is supposed to be protected under the you know, First Amendment, mm -hmm. and you can get locked yeah. up for free speech. You know, uh, but there is no no such thing as free speech anywhere. Does forget forget your constitutional rights because they as good as now don't exist uh, anywhere. And I, and I can see it doesn't exist in the U.S. I think if we think that it exists in the U.S. because of the Constitution, I think we're sadly mistaken. Look at look at how they're going about, um, you know, um, going after Trump and all of his allies and associates. You know, it's just scandalous you know you know one thing that you know and he's definitely um 
Marty never liked talking about politics, but this is one thing that, tell me if, I don't know what kind of news you get, but this is one thing that has really stood out to me in the whole Trump trials right now. So I don't know if you realize he went to jail or he went to court in New York and it just so reminded me of a guardianship proceeding because it's this one judge, crazy haired looking judge, Aragon or something like that. Anyway, it's one judge. It's no jury of his peers. It's, it's none of this. And one judge, yeah. And one judge has now ruled that he has to pay a $335 million fine. And when, and I've been watching this and I thought, you know, whether you love him or not, let's look at the process because this uh-huh. is this is probate court. This is this but, is a judge. But when you're dealing with these lunatics, make these decisions. When you're dealing yeah. with these far extreme lunatics, the process is the punishment. It doesn't matter if in the yeah. end they don't even incarcerate him. They can take his name off the ballot. Nobody will be able to vote for him, right? It doesn't matter. The process is the punishment. And this is exactly how our South Australian Civil and Administrative Tribunal operates, the Office of Public Advocate, the Adult Safeguarding Unit. Now, there's another misnomer if ever there was one. Uh, and and I, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Cos, but it is actually the shop front for the equivalent of the East German Stasi police. Here in South Australia, this is our deep state, okay? Nameless, faceless. Right unaccountable, invisible bureaucrats. And if yeah. you are, if you have the misfortune of crossing paths with them, God help you. Um, uh, certainly these people don't believe in God. I can assure you of that. Um, but that's okay because you know what? Every corrupt empire of that kind eventually comes unstuck. And fortunately, uh, I will give you a little bit of good news because it's not all absolutely bad news. Like I said to you, this mother, you know, some months back had, had three judges rule in her favour. That is monumental here in South Australia, right? And we now also yeah. have certain members of parliament, federal and state, that are starting to listen, okay? They are starting to get their heads around it and they are raising questions and they are concerned. They are genuinely concerned. So uh, the thing is, you, you know, you can only do this to so many people. And with such vigor and with such zealotry and intensity, before you're going to start alerting the sleeping sheep and they're starting to wake up, you know. Uh, uh, there are people yes, who are now starting to go, hang on a minute, I'm pushing 50 and I'm going to be 60 Maybe in the next decade, my kids will be 25, 30. I've got, I might have these assets. I'll be looking to retire. And gosh, you know, if I suffer a stroke and I'm infirmed, and who's going to look after me, right? Come mm-hmm. on. People start thinking. I think you're right. Start to drop. I, I think you are so right. It is that it's, there's so many people. It used to be, you know, 15 years ago, when which basically was when I got to experience this, you would tell people and they just thought this was like, you know, something crazy. But now I'll tell people and they'll be like, oh, that happened to my neighbor. Oh, that happened to my uncle or that happened. You That's know, they'll right. have some distant person. Yeah, And you're right. It's, it's like a ripple effect where it's getting discovered all over. And we have some good news in the United States while we're ser- um, celebrating good news. Everyone who is following the Justice for Betty Hayes movement, this is out of Michigan, they just went to court and they got a new judge and the judge did not silence them because what had been happening was every time they would go to court, you know, there's these court, they don't want anything on the court record, so they don't let people speak. And that's a form of keeping people silent so that nothing gets on the record. Uh, They were allowed to speak and right now the judge is, making their decision, looking at the evidence, and all the evidence was allowed to be taken in. And I really hope this is going to have a happy ending because no one has fought harder. I mean, she has written on her page that they've spent over $200,000 in legal deals to free free her mom. Again, again, the process is the punishment. Yeah, right. you're right. Even it if is she punishment. Wins, even if she wins, it. she may not be compensated. Yeah, you're right. And the time that you never get back, 
you never get that time back because it's yeah. gone and and nobody yeah. comes out you come out you come out of it different because yeah. it, it's an abuse well yeah, yeah. cuz um i've got a, a a colleague of mine uh we've been working on various matters um here in south australia and some months back maybe even a year ago suddenly he had issues with his mum and his mum's health now he lives here in the state his sister lives interstate he had uh legitimate uh you know rights uh to the family home uh because he had a studio in the house where his parents lived where he spent you know at least half the time if not a substantial amount of time throughout the week um as an artist and while he was there he was frequently caring for the mother and father and um mum ended up with a urinary tract infection she goes into hospital for dehydration, which they then find out there is an infection. She comes out with an alleged dementia diagnosis, right? Oh now, I'm sure you know, I'm sure you know UTIs and how they work. UTIs, for the most part, with most people, are relatively curable and can be alleviated. Um, but anyway, she comes out with this dementia diagnosis. Now, no consent given. Nobody authorised for her to have any diagnosis of any kind, right? So he ends up taking over the care of the mother and the sister is interstate. Now she claims to have enduring powers of attorney over the mother. Well, you might be an enduring power of attorney on a piece of paper, that doesn't mean you can invoke it at any, any time you want. It has to be when the person lacks capacity, right? The mother, right. from all that we can ascertain, never actually was deemed to lack capacity. Nobody officially ruled her mentally incompetent, but it didn't stop the daughter from going after uh, the, the brother and basically kicking him out of the house, making all sorts of false allegations, not just against him, but other people as well. Uh, she claimed that the brother was trying to get his hands on their money and assets, which was the biggest load of baloney because he actually always yeah. had financial um, powers of attorney over their property and their assets lawfully um and if he wanted to that would have been easy for him to do it wouldn't have required any consent any time uh but he never never sought to invoke those powers quite the quite the opposite he sought to keep mum and dad at home now five months on um you know since the uh, office of public advocate and the SACAT intervened mum was never asked Number one, she was never told that she is the subject of any SACAP proceedings or any um, partial guardianship um, orders by the Office of Public Advocate. So she's totally blissfully unaware that that's going on around her. No one has sat down to talk to her. The SACAP said that they wanted her present at a hearing, but the daughter didn't bring the mother to the hearing. And nobody has since then turned around and said, you will bring mum to the hearing and we will speak to her. Thank you very much. Um, so, since she was put under partial orders, now most of five months, if I am not mistaken, uh, she's ended up in hospital. Surprise! Uh, she's now also, from what I'm told, uh, in a private hospital. The house is being cleaned out and there are preparations to, it appears, sell the house. Office of Public Advocate are nowhere to be seen or heard. In the meantime, mum has had no access to her son, hasn't been allowed to have her son visit. She doesn't even know. In fact, she's told, the mother is told that the son is too busy with his own life to see her. It's never been true. That was never the case. He always chatted with his mum and his father, whether by phone, whether in person, uh, emails. I mean, he could show you a trail of thousands of emails and phone calls that he's made. You know, he's a loving, oh. genuinely caring son with a heart of gold. And to have this thing happen to his mother... Uh, whom I do know reasonably well. Well, I had lovely conversations with her about, you know, the arts and the ballet and music and, you know, operas and all sorts mm -hmm. of things. The woman is as coherent as you and I. The only thing is she is elderly. She is a trifle a little bit slow because she is deaf, right? But uh, and she seems yeah. to speak multiple languages. This, this woman is, I, I can't remember if it was five languages. She's multilingual, you know? Wow. Astounding. And the, the tribunal and the Office of Public Advocate are doing nothing now to stop this 
daughter, before a FACAT decision has even been handed down, before any formal orders, final orders are handed down, she's cleaning out the house and ready to potentially put the house on the market and or use the house as an asset to kick the parents into a rental property, whether that's a, a private rental property or whether it's a nursing home we have yet to, to see or to be informed. Oh, and incidentally, it appears um, the um, public advocate has already disclosed that the mother fought vigorously not to have to undergo an assessment, but they go go ahead and do it anyway, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So With much for so much for the free will and the wishes of the so-called protected person. Because <sighs> oh, yep. it's hideous, utterly hideous. If somebody did that to me as an elderly person, uh, and you know, prevented my kids from seeing me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it's, it, it's like attacking what is most sacred to people. It's their family. 100%. You know, 100%. Friend, we we love our friends. We love our coworkers. But your family, there's a, totally. it's, it's just an extra level of bond. Like, you know, your parents, there, there, there's, your there's, children. There's, there's some some um, academics and practitioners have in family law matters where there's, uh, you know, custody divorce disputes going on, um, have advocated for the use of the least angry parent, be also similarly applied in guardianship matters, the least angry party. Um, because you can see the son in this situation is doing everything in his power to ameliorate any differences or disputes between himself and his sister or himself and, you know, the Office of Public Advocate, SACAT, whatever. Mm -hmm. But all that's happened is every time he tries to negotiate, he gives ground because these people up their game, right? They double down on stupidity. Yeah. They double down on the most sinister things they could possibly do. This woman has been isolated now for far more than a year. She hasn't been allowed to watch TV, watch a movie of her choice. Wow. She's, not allowed, she's not allowed to go to a concert. Oh, now, in, in most of what, 30 years, she hasn't even seen her son's home that he built himself. She has not been allowed to set foot on his property and see the son's home, right? Now, I'm sorry, but God forbid, you know, I've got two gorgeous kids that absolutely adore each other and they dote on each other and mm -hmm. there's 10 years between them. But if ever the t there was a time when one sibling would bar the other sibling from having any contact with me, that would be the end of it. That would be the end of it. <laughs> that person would be completely disowned. <laughs> but, but in this instance, you, you've got siblings, uh, well, one sibling targeting another, preventing him yeah. from having access to his mother and even visiting her at Christmas time. Diabolical. And the Office of Public Advocates says that that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's, it's just so horrible that a child does inflicts their parent to that hurts their sibling that way and the underlying reason is usually money because yes. somehow they think they're going to get it yes it's usually but, you know, here's the interesting thing though M money can be used and misused and it's all <clears throat> i guess it's all tied up in what picture is painted right uh in this instance the sister's trying to p paint this um brother of hers as you know greedy selfish whatever but it's not he who is now forcing his parents out of their home he's not the one that got them in hospital allegedly sick with colds and flus in the whole year that he'd been caring for them and more for years on end that he'd been caring for them none of them had so much as a cough or a sniffle or a respiratory infection none and yet now within the five short months that she's been in uh, state care for all intents and purposes state care full or partial it doesn't matter since the state has had its foot in that household, they've been in hospital, supposedly sick with COVID. I don't care whether it's COVID, flu, whatever, call it whatever you want. Uh, sick and not at home, and now there are plans to have them moved on. And what, what she always wanted and what the son had always wanted was that she would live the rest of her life in her own home, which is owned outright, incidentally. Yeah. They own it outright. So they're not renting. It's not like you're moving from one rental property to another rental property, right? Right. Now, now, how do you accuse <clears throat> anyone of allegedly trying to get their hands on on the vulnerable person's um, assets 
when you're the one that's kicking him out of the house. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I were, if I were an, uh, a public guardian, I'd be starting to ask the question of, uh, hello, <clears throat> what's going yeah. on here? Why, why are we seeing things thrown out on the, on the curbside and um, being cleaned out? And um, visitors are not allowed in the house, incidentally. So this, this woman who had various carers, her two GPs were kicked off the case, a new GP was appointed, um, and their personal belongings on, on, on the side of the road. Now, <clears throat> we got, you know, when, uh-huh. when my dad passed away, the last thing that we did was we all, we, the last thing we did, thank goodness, all of us siblings, we didn't go in there, okay, well, I'll have the couch and I'll have the kitchen dining suite and I'll have the fridge. And there was none of that. There was none of that because we were so cohesive and I was really, really lucky. I'm blessed to have yeah. siblings, but nonetheless, we love our parents so much that we would never do that to them. But there are predators out there that would, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, when we went through my dad's um, property uh, and belongings after he passed away, um, we, we informed everybody, we're going to go to the house. This is what we're planning on doing. Um, this is what we don't want. Would you like it? Uh, you know, there, there was a dialogue. You know, what do we want to do with his jacket? Are we going to give it to the Salvation Army or do you want to keep it? You know? But yeah. in other families, it, it's vicious. When it was my parents, it was just so emotional, and I just wept. It was definitely, it was not enjoyable to go in and clean everything up. So uh, I can't imagine going in with a heart like, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme. I it was, yeah, it was hard. I know, it's really hard. I know. I, it, it it just shows people's character. Uh, I, absolutely, I it doesn't just. I once talked to a pastor and he told me, you know, he does funerals and stuff. And he said, it's disgusting. He said, you watch people aren't even buried. And he watches the family fighting over their stuff before they can even get the funeral done. I was like, what? My my dad, my dad um, built his family's own home um, in Serbia, even though he was out here in Australia and he had no intentions or no, no, no real ability or desire to go back um and so what he did was he he made an arrangement that whoever looked after his mother would get to keep the house so his youngest brother cared for the mother until her passing and dad left everything to the youngest brother now i i'm going to do the same thing you know whatever whatever might be coming my way from you know god forbid my mum passes away uh and you know i mean she's elderly and that's just a simple reality um I have no, as far as I'm concerned, my youngest brother has been caring for her and, and his wife. They've been caring for her wonderfully. Um, I've got no, no grievances there. Uh, even if we occasionally have an, a, a little family dispute or disagreement about something. Overall, he really loves my mum and he does care for her very well. And he does consult with me. He also asks for my opinion on what do you think about this medication? Should we do this? Should we do that? So, you know, I've got no grievance at all about the wonderful quality of care he gives her he cooks her meals all the time he's there every day several times a day as far as i'm concerned he's earned it do you know what i mean i don't need anything yeah i, I don't need any part of that asset um he's put in such, such wow. hard yard but you know in other families the fact that they, they can do that just it's heartbreaking it is it just shows your character, like that you just feel like you know what? No, my brother deserves to have to have that estate because he cared for the parents. And what has happened in our society that we can't all have that kind of heart? You know that everyone's just selfish and greedy. I know, I know. <clears throat> uh, I I don't understand I, it, cause it's you know if if you see the way I live you'll you'll see I don't care about money at all money's never been a motivator for me and yet here's the irony Uh, under Kiara's law right um I was grilled and interrogated and cross-examined at the um SACAT tribunal over Kiara's case and I was portrayed as being a greedy NDIS service provider you know obviously who's out to exploit a vulnerable client Uh, I mean fortunately in the end Kiara won and uh, no guardianship orders were put over her. But it highlights the travesty. Um, now, they, they effectively put me on trial. And if you read the application by the Adult Safeguarding Unit, uh, which was lodged by a woman called Penelope Roberts, and I will name her because her 
name is on those documents. <clears throat> and she had to defend them. And in two years, she failed to produce any evidence, any evidence of um, this young lady's uh, alleged mental incapacity to make decisions for herself. But when you read that application, and I'm happy to provide that, it is actually on the public record for all intents and purposes. Um, the application was really all about me. She just didn't like me. And do you know why she didn't like me? Because an NDIA planner, National Disability Insurance Agency planner for the young lady, breached her privacy and her mother's privacy and leaked a um, professional report, a psychosocial report that I wrote for the mother and an OT who wrote a report for the mother when the mother was unwell. Um, but when I took the NDIA planner to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal to appeal a really stupid decision that she made uh, with regards to another family member's plan, um, that was Peeler. Now, incidentally, not only did Kiara win her case after two years at the SACAT, um, we also won for the same family, for the same family unit. We also won at the Administrative Appeals Tribunal against the stupid decision that this planner made for this young man's NDIS plan. And not only did we win, we won it so convincingly that almost everything and more that I asked for, we got. So they tried to come after me every which way from Sunday. Um, they tried, they reported me to the Quality and Safeguards Commission. They reported me to the fraud unit of the NDIA. They reported me to the Health and Community Services Complaints Commissioner, and they still couldn't win the SACAC case. That wow. goes to show what level of merit there was. But the SACAD entertained that fishing expedition for two years. What do you think it did to, to Kiara and her family? What do you think it did to them uh, for two years to have the spectre of somebody's going to knock on your door and take your child away? Devastating. It's evil. It is evil. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we, we win and we still lose. And I use the word loosely. I mean, I'll, I'll take the victory as it comes. Um, because you, you, you lose so much when for two years you have to live with the thought that something that you did for the client's benefit has actually been used and weaponized to punish them. As a professional, as a social worker, to me, that is actually quite yeah. distressing to see that because of something yeah. really good that I did. I won these appeals, right? I won the appeals right. and I got the resources that this young man needed and yet my clients were punished. Wow. You can come after me and I'm big enough to take it, but you're going after vulnerable right. people. To do what? To devastate them? To send them out on the street? To send them bankrupt? I mean, the people can, you know, can barely survive on a pension as it is. And then you want to wreak that kind of damage and destruction on them? Shame on you. Shame on you if that's actually your motivation. But it's all documented, cause. If it wasn't in writing, I couldn't be sharing this with you. But I, 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 I'm happy to actually give you a copy of the actual original application <clears throat> with, the, with the names blanked out, of course. But you, in fact, you don't even have to blank out the names because my name is basically the only one that's referred to in that, in that application. Oh, um, my. Well, we definitely could share something like that around and let people oh, see. Oh, look, I think it would be worth having a look at because this is the yeah, standard. Like. This is the standard, the threshold that it takes to start a SACAD application. This is how low the threshold is. I just need to say, you know, something like, you know, Cos is, um, you know, trying to get her hands on her sister's uh, assets and her house and, uh, you know, Cos is of bad character and she exploits her local neighbours um, and, and that's it. That's it. I don't, I don't need much more than that and I can lodge an application and we're well underway and then heaven help you if you can fend off those dogs. Wow. Yeah, because it's just putting okay. people on the radar. It's the same thing yeah. here. There are mm -hmm. people. Now, do you have in Australia, like here in the United States, it's, we call 911. It's like an emergency number. Do you have triple a zero. system like that? Yes, it's okay. triple zero here. So we have people now in the United States because of what they have gone through. They will not ever call. They won't call these numbers because, like what you said, you just put, yeah. you just put yourself on the radar. I'm not like that. I'll still do. I'll still call. I still oh, want to feel well. But, but I, I understand. That, I understand well, why people won't. They won't. On that same point, 
I've now got <clears throat> clinical nurses, occupational therapists who are consulting with me now about what they put in their report in case it triggers a child protection notification or, again, an adult safeguards unit or OPA um, notification or, or action, you know, like actual applications to the SACAT or similar, uh, you know, in the youth court or child protection services, because in one instance, we've got a mother with a disability. In, in fact, in, in, in Kiara's case as well, you know, mum had a disability. She had epilepsy, right? And that's why, that's why my report and the OT's report were written was to give her the extra resources so that when her seizures are so severe and there were changes, multiple changes of medications that wreaked havoc and sometimes even exacerbated her seizures or, or triggered her not to be well enough to function. Um, so our reports were written for that purpose, but they were weaponized and then sent to the adult safeguards unit to show that mum has allegedly has inc mental incapacity of such magnitude, of such severity that she shouldn't be a parent, basically. She shouldn't be able to care for her disabled children or, you know, functions in the household. Uh, now, incidentally, she happens to be married, has a husband who himself ought to be her next best guardian. There was no role for the state to even intervene, right? Oh, in the natural no. of things, your husband, your mother, your father, somebody, your next of kin would be in the natural normal scheme of things considered your next best guardian there's no reason for the state to intervene but they did boots and all no. like the gestapo right absolutely um, um so anyway i mean we do have this thing now now i'm being asked by professionals these ot's and and clinical nurses to check and double check their reports for the language they use in case those reports will be and they will be leaked by the NDIA to these various authorities. Now, incidentally, the National Disability Insurance Agency now considers child protection and state guardianship, quote, mainstream services, okay? This is oh. really, really dangerous, okay? The reason, yeah. the reason we have the National Insurance, um, uh, sorry, the National Disability Insurance Scheme originally, the original intent and purpose of it, amongst other things, was besides getting people into the workforce, was to keep people out of guardianship, to keep people out of state care. There was a Commonwealth State Disability Agreement that would ensure that the states would step out once a person had a package. Because what that meant was that when you had a, a package, a care package, you didn't need the state because you could look after your own affairs. You might have a support coordinator, social worker, psychologist, any number of people to manage your self-care and your needs in your own home. However, they're trying to cut back on costs, aren't they? Because they're seriously in the red and they, you know, apparently the NDIS budget now costs more than three major portfolios in Australia, including immigration. I think it was taxation and I, I oh can't remember what package But anyway, wow. so it's gotten to the stage where they are now savagely cutting these packages. So how are you going to cut packages if not, Oops. number one, reinstitutionalizing wow. people? Right, taking people back to institutions, yeah. but they're no longer what we used to know as institutions. Right, they are now private yeah. homes with two, three, uh, you know, tenants, co-tenants, owned, not by the yeah. residents that live there. They are owned by service providers, usually registered providers, sometimes corporations. Right. Yeah. And uh, hey. you'll be lucky if your visitors, your parents, or anyone can come and visit you. This has been. Hey, we we're about to get disconnected here. Um, oh. <laughs> we've only got we've only got about fifty seconds left. Real quick, I'm so excited that you got through. We're gonna have to plan to get you on again. And now I think we know how to get you through um, through that email that Marty set up. So because of Marty, because I can see your name on here and I and how it's written in the email, and I didn't do it. Marty came through for us and got this show up and going. And real quick, Marcel Reed was trying to get on, and we are so sorry we weren't able to get her on, but we are sponsored by Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, the National Association to Stop Guardianship Abuse, the Australian Association to Stop Guardianship and Administrative Abuse and Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. Thank you so much, Matilda, for coming on. I know we had a lot of people, they were able to hear, but they couldn't call in because of technical difficulties. And hopefully this is going to make it to streaming to Spotify and iTunes. Thank you, everyone, and have a Thank great so evening. Much. Thanks, Matilda. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So, what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC.